Hello everybody, welcome back to Sophomore Citizens. I'm Lily, Gigi, Liesl, how you doing? Personally, I'm doing splendid. Amazing, stunning, vivacious, beautiful day in the quarantine for me today. My dear sister Gigi was actually supposed to leave us for a couple days, go up to SLO, um, San Luis Obispo, where she goes to college. So I was planning on having a very meditative, relaxing weekend to myself. Even though it is 4th of July this weekend, it's not really the typical 4th of July. Um, so I was just planning on re resting, relaxing, and now I just get to do that with my dear sister. So I've been having a lovely time. And me. And Lily, of course. Thank you. Um, and we watched The Cheetah Girls 2 last night, and that just brought new life, new soul, new energy. I just want to strut like I mean it and free my soul. I believe it is free my mind. Um, um, if you mean to be strut quoting. like you mean it. Liesl's <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> musical debut. <laughs> anyway, I would say I'm feeling a little bit stressed. I have many things on my plate these days, especially Monday will be a particularly hectic day for me, considering I have many work and school-related responsibilities all occurring within that wonderful 12-hour period from like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Monday. But, you know, the weekend starts tomorrow for me, and that's that's something to look forward to. Yeah, I would definitely say so. Lily, how are you doing? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm a little bit tired right now, but... It's a beautiful day outside. We had a wonderful lunch, which I'm feeling great after, and I'm feeling pretty good. No complaints. Feeling good, Liesl. Like I should. <laughs> I would just like to publicly say that I loathe the singing. I don't think that this is a place for singing. Thank ever. you. Well, I just okay. like that we've had no singing in the past, and already within the first few minutes, we've already had two different songs. <laughs> Liesl and I have been in kind of a singy mood lately. We broke out into song several times last night during the course of our family dinner, so... You know, that's that... something that just is, does not play a role in my life ever. Like, I do not break out into song very often. And I feel like you don't, um... Like, you don't listen to music in the car. You don't, yeah. you don't listen to music when you're getting ready. Yeah, I, I don't. And I think that it all boils down to the fact that I really am tone deaf and it's maybe something I'm a little <laughs> bit self-conscious about so I just try to mask any music in my life to be honest I feel like I don't really like it's a general rule of thumb that I don't like people that don't listen to music <laughs> I, I will go I will say I listen to music but not No, but like, often. Lil, the people who are like, oh, I don't really listen to music. Okay, but I'm not that. If okay. someone said, what kind of music do you listen to? I would never say, I don't really listen to music. I would just say, here's some songs. But if you, like, gave me the option, or if I was getting ready in the morning, I'd rather listen to a podcast. Right. But I feel like you are passionate about some artists. Yeah. Like Chance I have, the Rapper. I like, you have favorites. people I could definitely really give you a one, two, three... Top yeah, three. Yeah, I know that there's one person that um, Gigi and I have in our lives, um who's a close uh, family friend, who is not interested in music, and I think that we can both agree to the fact that it just makes her a less pleasant person to be around. She's just not vibing. She's just not feeling any uh, hip-hop and good times. Yeah, uh -huh. we don't need any of those. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think that's that. Okay, let's kick it off, Liesl. Okay, so my topic for today is basically about accents in general. And this has been sparked by the fact that I'm wa- that Gigi and I are watching The Politician right now. Lily has watched this show. And there is one character in the show who naturally has a British accent as the actress. And in the show, she uses an American accent. And the show is set in Santa Barbara, so she's supposed to be a California girl. And I just really feel that her American accent is so unnatural to the character and to the way she speaks and to the way she carries herself and I find it so distracting and it's a unique experience because I feel like most British or Australian actors who do American accents I never notice it um like Margot Robbie is someone who comes to mind who whenever I've seen her do an American accent it never is distracting and I always just see her as the character she is and I was even saying to Gigi about um Saoirse Ronan who I've heard like quoted saying that when she does a new character with a different accent, she always gives them their own voice and their own accent that works for that character. Mm. And even if she's doing an accent that's very similar to her own, she still uses a slightly different voice because it is like so integral to what a character is like on screen. So I was wondering if you guys can think of any instances where you noticed an accent being really bad in a movie or a tv show where it was distracting or what you guys think about british versus american and all that kind of stuff the first one that comes to mind for me is emma watson's um Mm. american accent in both perks of being a wallflower and the bling ring and that yeah it was a common sentiment that like she just missed the mark yeah And I feel like it's a similar example, similar to the actress in The Politician, where it just feels, like, cumbersome in the mouth, if that makes sense. Like, it doesn't... It it feels like they're... Like, the physical movements of the tongue, the teeth, the teeth... (laughs) The the tongue, the teeth... The lips, the the teeth, the tip of the tongue. Yeah, there you go. Um, It just feels like none of those are working... Um, in harmony, and it just feels awkward the way that they're holding their mouths. The the voice, as yeah. you're saying, doesn't doesn't come across properly. And sometimes it will even look like they're dubbing a voiceover. Like that's how unnatural whatever is coming out of the mouth compared to how the mouth moves is. And I just feel like there's so many actors that do it so well and that work with vocal coaches to learn how to change the positioning of their tongue and the way that they move their mouth and the way that they move their lips. And I just feel like it's so distracting and lazy when it just looks so unnatural, you know? Right. And I mean, like, I can't do accents. Like, we're we're sitting here having a conversation talking about this and, like, of course, it's actors' job to to be good at this kind of thing. and, And I don't get paid to do such things um but i i have to acknowledge that it is difficult to do it's for sure difficult that's exactly what i was gonna say was my entire life and i think this stems from um me being tone deaf i also cannot do accents and just the whole accent world i guess we could say has always been mind-blowing to me of watching someone in an interview let's say not even about the accent but just take any of the examples we've said 
watching someone do their Ellen DeGeneres interview with their British accent and then in the movie in the TV show not be British is just insane to me that every single word that comes out of their mouth like wasn't natural but again that's their job to not be natural because you're playing someone else but it does really just impress me that that's possible because I am terrible at accents of all types yeah and it makes me wonder like if British people cringe at a lot more of American actors trying to do British accents um and that it kind of validates that for me because I feel like it's probably a lot more common that American people butcher British accents, even just in daily life, just trying to impersonate what a British accent sounds like. Um, So I'm glad that I've gotten that perspective of seeing what a bad American accent to me sounds like. And it's not that it sounds completely wrong, it's just a little off. And it really bothers me personally. I think another reason that it feels um, unusual to see someone kind of mess up the American accent is because it seems to me like a lot of places throughout the world, whether it be the UK or Australia or other nations, um, that take in American media. And so they're exposed to the accent from a pretty young age consuming our media that it's like you know they have a better sense of what it should sound like and being able to emulate it whereas like we it's more uncommon for us to be consuming British media or Australian or you know whatever it may be um and I feel like that's the reason that it is more surprising to see a British actress like kind of butcher the American accent yeah And I have friends who have accents from other places, and when they try to do an American accent, it honestly will sound better than some of that American accents like Emma Watson and the politician actress. Like, it's... I don't want to say it's not that hard, but I know that, like, a lot of my friends who are not actors by any means can easily just throw on an American accent and make it pretty passable, you know? Lizelle, I know that you particularly love to um, quote a certain TikTok in an accent that you've been saying. You can't all wait the time. for lockdown to be over. Oh, I can't wait for lockdown to be over. <laughs> so, all of our, all of our um, UK followers can let me know how I did. <laughs> yeah, please. Gigi, let's get a let's get a little. Lockdown. I can't wait for lockdown to be over. Oh wow, that was Irish. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's the, whatever you want. No, but it it well, first of all, it is whatever you want. But the original TikTok has like Essex, Ireland, Scotland, like okay. it's a bunch of different um, accents in that region yeah. of the world. So yeah, that's okay. why I chose my personal favorite. I really felt the Irish. All right, and Lily, oh, thank you. let's get one. I can't wait for lockdown to be over. That wasn't too bad. I mean, oh, thank you. We're saying that wasn't too bad. But again, our UK <laughs> listeners are yeah, probably Please cringing. let us know. Yes. Okay, well, with that, Jade, do you want to introduce your topic for the week? Sure. So, as we were discussing um, some potential topics we might want to talk about today, um, I was sort of struggling to come up with one. So, we looked to the news and current events. For some inspiration. We then learn, or I then learned, that Ghislaine Maxwell 
assistant to Jeffrey Epstein has finally been arrested by the FBI. Um, and this sort of comes as a surprise to me, especially after watching the um, Jeffrey Epstein Netflix docu-series. I mean, of course, during the docu-series, I was like, where the F is Guilain? Like, <laughs> what are they doing with her? Is she roaming free? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, and what, I mean, one quick Google search, and you just see an image of Guilain in and out, eating a burger like nothing in her life is wrong. Right, so it just felt particularly bizarre that, like, you know, in this moment, she was arrested by the FBI. Right. But we're, of course, happy to hear it. Um she is similarly must be a sick individual who was assisting in these heinous incidences. Um, and I do personally feel very pleased that hopefully justice will be served um, and that, you know, she will potentially be able to, you know, learn from this situation or at the very least just be like locked away. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think this brings up an important question about how we handle people who are kind of complicit um, in these sexual assault situations, um, and especially when it's such a repeated pattern like it was with Jeffrey Epstein. Um, you know, how how do we as a society look at not just Gilan, but some of the other girls who ended up being recruiters in the whole system of abuse. Um, and how do we, and even other men, you know, with Jeffrey Epstein, it's bringing up a lot of men and women that had ties to him in some ways. And, you know, do we hold those people accountable as well? Are, do, should they feel, you know, compelled to come out and speak on these issues? I would argue, yes, they should. Anyone who has been attached to Jeffrey Epstein, for example, should come out and and say, you know, their their side of the story and and alert others to the warning signs that they might have seen because I'm sure that there were warning signs, you know. I think at least to address your point about like the girls who were recruited to like help facilitate these situations even after watching the docuseries, like, they themselves identify as victims as well. Right. And I think it is fair to to categorize those girls as victims as well because they were, like, taken advantage of because of their vulnerable positioning. Right. Whereas someone like Guillain, to me, feels... Her, her intentions feel sinister and she doesn't strike me as the vulnerable population. Like, she seemed very much... Um, like she had her own agency in the situation, and but do and we really know if she did? That's the thing is we don't know. Right. But but I'm saying I feel like my um, understanding from the docu series is that she did. Right. Of course. Sorry. Was she participating? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So and she was a big. She was like because I thought it was disgusting the way that she was helping to recruit yes, as well because absolutely. as a fellow woman she has a certain um like the way that other girls like recruit recruiter type girls would go to school and be like oh hey like do you want to make some money like all you have to do is massage this guy whatever it's like a girl is much more receptive to that kind of 
offer coming from another girl. Of course. Because you're like, okay, if she's telling me it's chill, like, fine, whatever, when you're an impressionable young person, like, it doesn't seem that suspect, I guess. Um, and especially, again, from the Gilan side of things, it's like, if an older woman is coming to you trying to convince you that this is a, like, cool, safe situation, you're more likely to, um, like, fall victim to it. Um, whereas, like, if Jeffrey himself was going out and recruiting people, I feel like girls would have felt more like, oh, there's a red flag here that feels very weird. Um, and so she was involved in the recruitment, but then would also participate in the sexual assault itself. And another reason why I think that she can be differentiated from these other recruiters that are more likely to be labeled as victims is just because she is so essential to Jeffrey's, um, I don't want to say success in what he was doing, but just being able to get away with this for so long and abuse so many girls. Like, without her, this wouldn't have happened. I'm sure that if he didn't have some of these girls, yeah, maybe there wouldn't have been as many, but Guilain, or however you pronounce her name, seems like a pretty crucial factor in the matter, which is why I am all for her arrest here to say that I think that she is nothing like the other girls that maybe were helping in some ways, but are absolutely victims in my mind. But I just think that it's such a complicated situation and I'm definitely in support of Gilan being arrested and justice being served towards her. Um, but I, I do just think that the line between victim and abuser, um, is a little bit more blurred than a lot of people in society like to think. And the vast majority of people statistically who are abusers were once abused themselves and that pattern just happens generation after generation after generation and who knows what Jeffrey's past and Gilan's past was really truly like that led up to this terrible cocktail of you know people behaving in a really really messed up way and I I do think that Gilan deserves to be served justice in a huge way um and I also just think it's really unfortunate that Jeffrey well, he escaped justice, you know? And that's what we're seeing with Gilan now is that she's being arrested and there probably will be court proceedings and there will be a proper system for justice to be served towards her. And the victims of Jeffrey Epstein never got the satisfaction of seeing him in court. They never got the satisfaction of hearing his sentencing. And that, to me, is such a tragedy. And when people make jokes about Jeffrey Epstein and the suspicious circumstances surrounding his death, they're ignoring and forgetting how much pain and hurt came from the fact that he never had to really face justice. Right. Absolutely. I have one more thing I wanted to say. I'm feel like, I feel like I'm forgetting it a little bit right now. Well, the only thing that did come to mind um, was when, oh, you were talking about Guilan's past, was I do know that her father in, I think she grew up in France, was, had some similar Jeffrey Epstein-like tendencies and was, I don't know whether it was the exact same situation, but abusing young girls in one way or another, and so that was something she grew up with. So 
just to your point and you know statistically how those who abuse maybe were once abused she's a an example of that yeah and like she could have very well been abused by jeffrey as well you Mm -hmm. know just because they were in a relationship doesn't mean that non-consensual acts like weren't going on um and i think that that's something important to keep in mind as we look at her as this controversial figure who is definitely complicit in a lot of these crimes and these heinous abuses um but i think that it's all just more nuanced than that and we have to keep that in mind that she is an abuser and she's abused you know and that a lot of people are both right and i think that it is important to recognize that the the docuseries like there's just a a glaring absence of Gulen in like the explanation of her exact role in it how she came to be a part of that situation and like I guess as you're saying at the end of the day it is still kind of a question mark and we can't really be making assumptions about what happened until we have a better understanding of the whole story but just going back to what you had said a little while ago about like how do we as a society um sort of deal with these situations or with these people I feel like Gilan is another good um, example of like, is she someone that needs to be treated? Like, is this a mental health issue that that could be treated? Or is this something that's too far gone and she truly is like what we could consider to be an evil human being? Right. And also I'm curious just if there's evidence of abuses from Gilan that have happened since Jeffrey Epstein passed away... You know, like, di- like, has that pattern of abuse and, and crime continued for Gilan past then? Because I think that's really telling of how much she was manipulated by him. Yeah. You know, like, has she continued to do these crimes? And just, by the way, the documentary series that we're talking about is called Filthy Rich. Um, we watched it on Netflix. I think it's only about four episodes. It's, it's really a, a well-put-together docu-series, and I think we would highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in this topic. For yeah, sure. and just one other thing that I'm um, very curious about is why it took so long for Guillain to have um, to be arrested. Right. Like, obviously, this has been something that's been going on for a while, and Jeffrey had been in prison, and I know that his death was a little while ago, but just in the grand scheme of things, like, why in the world did it take so long for the FBI to get her, why was she, you know, hanging out at In-N-Out? Like, <laughs> if I were her, which, I, I don't know that I can say this kind of thing, but, like, even if Jeffrey's death was a suicide, which is pretty refuted, like, why is Guillain not more worried about all the people that wanted him killed and the access that she has that powerful people don't want her to have to knowledge and resources it's just so interesting to me that she's just been roaming free and now which seems like kind of a random time for her to be arrested this is all yeah happening yeah i mean i think that one thing that's really come to light recently is just how the fbi operates in a way that is not necessarily above board and not necessarily by the book and that they mishandle so many situations. And I'm personally glad that that's starting to really come to light a little bit more about different 
failures of the FBI because I think for a long time and for a lot of people, they think of the FBI as, you know, the highest crime-fighting agency in the country, you know? Um, so I think it's good that, that they're starting to get checked a little bit and monitored a little bit more and that people are starting to see some of the areas that they might fail in. Absolutely. Okay, so on a much, much lighter note, <laughs> um, my topic this week was inspired by um, something that I recently got to do, which I was very excited about because after quarantine for so long and places being closed, um, I finally got to go get waxed, which was so exciting for me because the waxing salons in LA have opened up. And I have been struggling with whether or not when you do activities, which there's not very many I can think of, that you take your pants and underwear off, whether or not you keep your socks on. And I cannot reach a conclusion on this, and I would love to discuss it because I simply don't know what to do if I have my socks on, feels uncomfortable, socks off, also uncomfortable, what is the right thing to do? Now that we're kind of out of quarantine-ish, this is especially important. I think it's pretty obvious. I think socks off. Um, I just feel like you just don't need socks. What's the point? Covering your feet at that point. And I just think when you are going in with the mentality of um, nudity happening. (laughs) For example, um, you know, I just don't really wear shoes that require socks as often, I think, as maybe other people do. Um, in my day-to-day life, you know, of course I wear sneakers and running shoes, and those would be the main times when I would be wearing socks. But a lot of the time, you're just throwing on sandals, you're just throwing on slides. You're I just... never wear sandals. I don't think you ever wear slides or sandals. I wear my slides all the time to work. Oh, oh, the Gucci's. <laughs> the Gucci's. I wasn't going to... I wasn't going to... I wasn't about to flex on there. I, I, I didn't... Um, intentionally do that. It was more so just that when the word slides comes to mind, I think of like Adidas slides, no, I know. not like a loafer. Yeah, you know, a loafer. Okay, fine, sandal. fine, fine. I'll let you get away with that. A heel. I think it's important. A heel. A- okay. Anyway, well, if you're going out, anyone who wears heels to get waxed, I'm worried no. about. Okay, I thought we were not just talking about getting waxed. Okay. I'm sorry, are there any other activities you could think of where you get naked from the waist down? <laughs> okay, listen, I have to ask a question. Yes. Lily, you said something along the lines of like, oh, it's uncomfortable with my socks on, blah, blah, blah. Like, are you an, like, an adamant, like, no socks while sleeping type of person? Yes. See, like, I'm just not that way. Like, I'll... I'm just as comfortable with my socks on as I am with my socks off. And for me, sleeping with socks on or socks off, it's really just a matter of if my socks are on or if my socks are off. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just whatever the circumstances are, I'll just go to sleep that way. So for me, it's not as much of a, you know, huge question of comfort um, for me. And especially when it comes to waxing, I don't give a flying fuck. Like, for me, what matters most in a waxing appointment where a strange woman is staring my <laughs> vagina in the eye, I want to get in and I want to get out as quickly as possible. If that means leaving my socks on, that means leaving my socks on. But I also feel like it's just easy to just wear shoes where you're not wearing socks and you just slide your shoes right off, you slide your sweatpants right off. 
ready to go. Well, I personally chose this in this most recent um, instance where I went to go get a wax, wore my slides and socks and sweatpants. And I just flicked my slides off, put my sweatpants off, and then boom, I'm ready to go. So you do keep your socks I kept my, I don't care. This woman isn't she, looking. When it comes to yeah, other nudity, crudity activities, this is a different story because there's a, there is a larger conversation going on about being fully nude with socks on being weird. People, <laughs> yeah, that is, is weird. This is, a, this is a general conversation. I don't personally, like, in, in the heat of the moment, I'm really not like, I'm sorry, just no. to clarify, heat of the moment does not mean going in to get waxed. You're changing the conversation, I, correct? Lily, I already, one, I already changed the course yeah, of the conversation I'm when so I said sorry. it with other activities oh, okay, that it, require you to be nudity crudity, if you remember me saying those I words. Remember, sorry, I prefer nudity crudity. Regardless. <laughs> I am a proponent of socks off in those moments because I I can agree it's a little weird to be fully naked with socks on. I just don't really like socks, period. See, so this Unless, is why I brought up if whether you whether you sleep in yeah. socks or not because th- people have general feelings about socks a- across the board. Yeah, so like for me it's not really an issue of any of the other stuff, any of the waxing, any of the other activities. Um, for me it's just I would prefer to not be wearing socks. I am ironically wearing socks right now. But honestly, I'm preferring, I would prefer not to be, and I'm going to just take them off right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, uh, so I would just love some closure on the matter of whether or not when I go in to get waxed, I should keep my socks on or take them off. For me, it's like, it's a do, personal yeah, decision, it's my girl. Do whatever oh, feels either, right. Either don't, but like for me, the, the question is either wear socks and just leave them on, or don't wear socks and then there's nothing to worry okay, about. Okay, fine. That's Those fair. are the two I options can, that I, can, I think are the best. Okay. I think I'm going to keep my socks off. I just also, I mean, like, I do feel kind of dorky with, like, ankle socks on, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, I can understand feeling a little weird about your socks on, but again, it just comes down to personal preference and comfort, and if you're going to feel weird, if you're going to be like, oh, socks, then just don't wear them. Yeah. But then Precisely. I also feel, uh, no socks, she's going to think of, like, I don't what know. is she gonna She's think? never gonna think anything about like seeing your toes. Like that's not <laughs> where she's looking at all. <laughs> she's too busy staring your vagina in the eye. You're right. Okay. I'll I'll report back to um the next time I get waxed and whether I keep my socks on or take them off. I'm sure everyone's really invested in this now that you can um see the struggle I have. So with that, let's talk recommendations. Okay, yes. So I have a great recommendation. Um, I will say that speaking about music um, a little bit as we did earlier, um, and Lily talking about, you know, her music and how she would prefer to listen to podcasts. For me, especially when I am running or attempting to run, as is probably more appropriate for me, Um, I always am listening to music and trying to just like get excited, have a good time. And a lot of my music comes from my dear sister Gigi, uh, because she's really great at making playlists, at finding new songs. And oftentimes Gigi will put on a song and I'll be like, can you change this? I don't like this. And then two weeks later, it's my favorite song, um, which I'm known for. But recently my favorite, uh, 
song to run to has been uh, this song Bailar, um, a specific remix um, by Diorio and Elvis Crespo. And um, it just really gets me hyped for running. And I love like running to the beat and trying to get my feet to match up with the moves. And it just makes me feel like um, I'm out, I'm dancing, but I, really I'm just running. You're getting your club experience in quarantine? Yeah, that's how I get my club experience in Heart quarantine. Heart rate's going just like in the club. You got Sweat, it all. everything. So that's my recommendation. Okay, so um, my recommendation for this week would be um, a cookie recipe that I tried earlier, which I initially got some hate for from Liesl, and then she tried the cookies, and I think that um, she would take back her hate. Is that true, Liesl? I would take it back, and I would also offer that this cookie has a song that goes with it. Hmm, okay. So, um, the interesting combination of flavors were dark chocolate and red wine. Which Is it red, red wine? You've sung three <laughs> times in this episode. Um, which... I think is a pretty well-respected combination of flavors, but in a cookie together could get some hate and did get some hate. Just to clarify, there's only half a cup of red wine in the entire recipe, so you can barely taste it, or you really can't taste it at all. It just adds a nice richness, and it ends up just being a chocolate cookie with chocolate chips, and they were really good, and so I would highly recommend looking up chocolate red wine cookies and... All over Google, there's lots of recipes, and it tasted so good, and... Your voice, your just keeps getting higher. Um, yeah, I can, I can vouch for these cookies. They Te- were really good. Texture was fantastic, taste was fantastic, temperature was fine, had them at room, you know, considering it was the next day, um, but they were fantastic. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I have any recommendations for this week. Um, this week has been kind of a rough one for me so I guess if I'm going to recommend anything it would be um transcendental meditation <laughs> um which I haven't actually myself started practicing but there's a desire in my heart to begin practicing um when I hear tales of the rejuvenation and um reinvigoration that you feel that's what you need right now um it's what i it's what i need right now and it's what i needed throughout this week um my sleep schedule was very much thrown off by a particular work responsibility that we had earlier this week and really all my eyes ears nose mouth heart soul body needed was that rejuvenation that i hear TM can grant oh, me. TM. Yeah, TM. TM. You're on a nickname basis even though you've never practiced. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe we can try TM all together. Um, I think it's supposed to be a solo activity. But no, yeah. but I just mean, you know, like, I'll embark on my journey, they'll embark on their journeys. and Who's, we'll, who's they? Our listeners. Oh, I know. <laughs> we were on the journey. <laughs> I mean, you guys can be too, but I was speaking more directly to the fans. Oh, okay. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, well, hopefully when we're back with our next episode, Gigi will have called through her TM experience. She will have transcended. <laughs> and she'll be feeling rejuvenated, reinvigorated. All Some might say alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic. Some just might. But with that, I think we're going to say bye for now, and we will talk with you guys very soon. Citizens out. <laughs>